0: CBHDD is reminding people that the Georgia Crisis and Access Line can help those worried about opioid and stimulant misuse. The toll-free number is online and is active 24-7. More information at opioidresponse.info.
1: Glad to have all of you with us for Political Rewind today. You know, my, I think one of my favorite expressions in the world applies to the kind of week we've had. Holy moly. The things that have developed just in the last four days in Washington in terms of the impeachment of President Trump or the investigation that could very well lead to the impeachment of President Trump has been remarkable to watch. And one of the people who's had a front row seat for all of it is joining us from Washington today. Probably glad that uh, they're in recess as of this morning. (laughs) Tamar Hellerman, AJC Washington correspondent. How are you doing, Tamar? Are you exhausted?
0: What a century this week has been.
1: (laughs) It's wonderful that uh, you were willing to spend a little time with us today. I thank you very much uh, for that. So if you don't mind, let me start by asking you just that. As an observer, being in the Capitol, watching all this unfold, watching... Democrats all of a sudden flip to a full-bore investigation of impeachment, watching George's uh, Democrats in the delegation um, moving toward impeachment. What has this been like for you?
0: I mean, absolutely head-spinning because— Obviously, we've been talking about this impeachment question for months now, but it was always framed through the Mueller investigation. And for so long, nothing had changed among the Georgia members. Even though we saw over the past couple of months, you know, when the Mueller report came out after he testified before the Judiciary Committee, you know, you saw a member after member kind of coming forward and and favoring an impeachment inquiry. None of our Georgia guys ever did. And then all of a sudden, how much the calculus has changed? because of all these Ukrainian revelations, things we didn't even know about last week. It's just head spinning.
1: How important was John Lewis's speech in the well, his impassioned speech, finally saying, I think we have to impeach this president? How, how significant, how consequential was that?
0: It was and it wasn't. You know, whenever John Lewis opens up his mouth, people stop and listen. And especially among House Democrats, where he really is seen as this moral leader on different issues. At the same time on this, we knew and he said repeatedly that he did not want to get in front of Nancy Pelosi on this. And talking to him in the hallways on Capitol Hill over the last couple months, you know, I'd ask him, you know, you're not Trump's biggest fan. You guys (laughs) have fought all the time. You've boycotted all his speeches. You've refused to appear publicly with him, do you think he should be impeached? And he'd always kind of smile and, you know, say, oh, I'm considering all the facts, but I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to talk about it today. But I always had a hunch. And then when he finally did, it it did feel like we've crossed a Rubicon at the same time, though, you know, in the 18 hours prior to that, it was when we started seeing a lot of those moderate frontline Democrats, mm-hmm. the most politically vulnerable guys, you know, who were elected in um, in the fall, a lot of them in districts that Trump won in 2016, when they started coming out in favor on their own, not under pressure from Pelosi, that's when you knew Something was about
1: to change yeah, that, that it seems that I mean, as you know, better than any of us, uh, Speaker Pelosi has really tried to hold uh, her caucus back on impeachment. But after that Washington Post op ed piece from the seven freshman members who you're referring to uh, came out in which they said, yeah, we're in we're in vulnerable districts. But we've got to say now is the time. Uh, it became clear that Pelosi just couldn't hold the dam was going to break. And she had to get on board, didn't she?
0: exactly and everything she was doing leading up to then was really to protect these members cuz those 40 seats that were flipped in the fall i mean not all of them were were necessarily trump districts from 16 but they're what gave pelosi the speaker's gavel it's what gave democrats the majority so she was trying hard to protect them and when they got in front of her she kind of had to get behind them as well so the second that i saw john lewis was about to give a speech i got about a 15 minute head start Um, I knew that Pelosi was behind.
1: Clearly, because Lewis wasn't going to go to the well and demand impeachment without having talked to one of his closest uh, allies on the Hill. Right?
0: Exactly. And he would have put her in a horrible position if yeah. he wouldn't have done that, because then she really would have been in a bind. So we, we kind of knew at that moment, you know, John Lewis was the second Georgia Democrat to support him, to support right. uh, yeah. impeachment. Yeah, Hank, Hank Johnson went Johnson. first, right? Yeah, by about two hours. And so, you know, Hank is one of the more liberal members of the delegation. You know, that's one thing. But then when you saw... Lewis, you kind of knew the dam was broken at that point.
1: So, uh, Tamar, how eager were members of the Georgia delegation, whether they are Republicans who were opposing impeachment or Democrats who support it? How eager were they to get on the record with you or were they kind of shying away from talking to the media? Did they want to have their opinions heard immediately or were they somewhat shy about it?
0: Well, it was it was different, right? Because, uh, you know, for for example, Hank Johnson, his folks were the ones who who sent me that statement. Um, You know, they were very eager to kind of set the record, you know, exactly what he wanted to say. There were others, you know, two of the the more centrist Democrats in the delegation, David Scott and um, and Sanford Bishop, who I didn't hear from until very late in the day. One of them, we were kind of getting toward our deadline for the day. And I was telling them, look, you know, 630 is kind of my drop dead deadline. And I heard from them at 629. Yeah. So so some kind of waiting to see and lucy mcbath we didn't hear from until wednesday she ignored reporters on tuesday afternoon including myself trying to ask her where she was and and only on wednesday did we get a statement even kind of suggesting what she was thinking
1: yeah there's been a lot of attention focused on her by you and your colleague greg Bluestein, who has talked about it on the show this week that mcbath has been pretty cautious in just how far she's been willing to go Uh, I suppose part of that is because she's going to be in a she's in a district up there at the six, which is going to be a tough race to win. It's still it's still not a blue district completely. So she's trying to kind of be cautious, isn't she?
0: Exactly. And she's being pinched on both sides. Right. This is a district she won by less than two percentage points last year in a famous district held by. Karen Handel and Tom Price and Johnny Isaacson, Newt Gingrich. Um, and she's being squeezed by Republicans who are saying, no, 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 you know, impeachment is not popular here. There was a poll this summer that Republicans conducted that showed 60 percent of folks – Did not support impeachment. Yet that was before all this Ukraine stuff came to light. On the other hand, you have all, all of her more liberal constituents who were pressing her at a town hall earlier this month, again, before all the Ukrainian stuff, to take a stand on it. So she has a very delicate line to walk in, and you definitely see that reflected in her statement.
1: Yeah. So uh, Barry Loudermilk uh, had a couple of tweets that our new producer, Sam Burmistoss, just sent to me. Uh, He said something interesting. He said, instead of continuing their stop-and-nothing quest for impeachment, Congress should be working in a bipartisan manner to pass USMCA, the the new trade agreement with Mexico and Canada, lower the cost of health care, rebuild America's deteriorating infrastructure, secure our southern border. When will the insanity stop? Well, of course, what's interesting about that is it's the White House That uh, has uh, not moved forward on almost everything that he talked about there, except maybe border security, the wall.
0: And the trade deal is something that, that actually there's right. been quite a bit of bipartisan work right. on behind the right. scenes. And that was seen as the one thing that could get done. But then the second Pelosi initiated, you know, mentioned she was going to initiate this inquiry, you saw a very curt statement from the White House saying, well, this is going to make it really hard to to do any sort of bipartisan legislation. Well, so and we'll there's
1: see. some truth to that. And I want to talk with you about just that subject. But, you know, I think you know, Tamar, we are in the final afternoon of our semi-annual uh, radio pledge drive and um we want to give all of you out there who are uh, you know listen to political rewind one last opportunity to help support the work we're doing here if you've already done it thank you from the bottom of my heart and if you haven't pat marcus and bert wesley Huff- huffman would like to tell you how you can
2: And the way you can is with a phone call to 800-222-4788 or an online gift at gpb.org. It's the final day of our Fall fund Drive, the final political rewind. We're looking for your support if we have not yet heard from you. Or if you gave earlier in the drive and you'd like to give again. Just to make sure that we have a successful final day, some of you already doing that. But if we haven't heard from you, especially if you've never given before, why not call right now, 800-222-4788, or go online and make a donation at whatever level is right for you. You can do that securely online at G P B.
3: And in celebration of this, the final political rewind of our Fall fund Drive, we do have a speed match in effect just during Political Rewind. Be one of the next 35 listeners we hear from and your contribution will be matched dollar for dollar. This is your opportunity to double the impact of your support for GPB right now. Call 800-222-4788 or go to gpb.org and click donate before time runs out on this speed match. And today on this fun drive. It's 800-222-4788, 35 of you at gpb.org.
2: It's been a busy news cycle. Uh, As you can tell by all the coverage that we've been bringing you here on GPB yesterday, we brought you a special additional edition of Political Rewind. We've also brought you several evenings this week, special coverage from NPR, all brought to you thanks to you and your financial support. If you have found that you're listening to GPB a little more, relying more and more on our coverage with so much going on in our country, Country and around the world, and right here in Georgia. Now is a great time to join us as a brand new donor, a first timer here at GPB, especially now with this opportunity, the speed match on the table, where you can have your donation doubled. Give, say, $5 a month. That becomes $10 a $10 a month donation. An $8 a month donation becomes $16. Easily done when you call 800-222-4788 or donate at gpb.org. Well, thanks
3: for the setup, Pat, because I happen to have an $8 a month sustaining donation thank you gift sitting right in front of me. It is the brand new Everyday Hero reusable straw set. When you support GPB and be an everyday hero by helping to save the environment one straw at a time, we can send you these straws. They're great looking. It's two stainless steel everyday hero engraved straws they also have the GPB logo on them you're also going to get a cleaning brush to keep them nice and fresh so you can use them maybe put one of the straws in your glove compartment in your car so you always have it when you go through a drive through window I think that's a, a convenient place to have a straw or uh, just keep one at the office or around the house uh, we'd love to send them to you that $8 a month donation that you make as a GPB sustainer right now during this speed match is worth $16 a month uh, making that $100 one-time donation a $200 investment, thanks to very generous donors who uh, have made this speed match happen for us. So call 800-222-4788 or take a look at those straws at gpb.org.
2: And your donation at any level makes a lot happen for us here at GPB. Number one, the programming that you come to us for. Programs like Political Rewind produced here at GPB. Programs that come to you from NPR, like All Things Considered and Fresh Air and Morning Edition, all paid for in largest part with listener dollars. That is your contribution. And the next 32 listeners we hear from at 800-222-4788 or gbb.org will have their donations doubled, matched dollar for dollar. So you can be one of those next 32. I hope you will be and take advantage of the fact that we have a speed match on the table. There are only 32 opportunities remaining. So don't wait any longer. We're in the final hours of the Fun Drive eight hundred two 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 four seven eight eight. Or gpb.org. But wait, there's more.
3: There is more because uh, on this final day of the fun drive, we do have a very special drawing for an iPad with ke- smart keyboard and Apple Pencil. This is the latest iPad, just announced a couple of weeks ago. It's a 10.2 inch Retina display. It delivers stunning visuals and supports the new full size Apple Smart Keyboard, uh, which we're also going to send you the lucky winner. And we're also going to send them uh, the Apple Pencil. So you can do anything, any and everything you need to do with an iPad. Uh, that is a little added incentive in addition to this fantastic speed match that we have during Political Rewind today. This is it, the last day of our fall fund drive, and we're counting on you to help us end the campaign successfully. You can do that in just a few hours. You can do it right now for support of Political Rewind when you call 800-222-4788 or go to gpb.org. And thanks.
0: Support for GPB comes from you, our listeners. And the town of Hilton Head Island's Office of Cultural Affairs with Historic Holidays, a weekend of holiday traditions featuring authentic food, ancestry research, tree lighting, and historic tours. More at culturehhi.org historic holidays. And Regions Bank Next Step, providing online tips, tools, and calculators designed to provide financial clarity and help money go further because
4: some things are bigger than banking. Learn more at regions.com slash next step.
1: I'm uh, talking with Tamar Hellerman, uh, AJC Washington uh, Bureau correspondent. Uh, Tamar, let's talk for a second about the timetable coming up here. We we know that this, this impeachment rush took place this last four days as uh, they were getting set to go into a two-week recess, everybody going back home. And there was some concern about whether you could start this up and then lose momentum over the two weeks. But we now know that uh, Adam Schiff is going to keep the Intelligence Committee uh, working and they will mo- most likely be calling witnesses over the next two weeks. Have I got that right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and the forum, you know, this impeachment debate, as I mentioned earlier, has been going on for quite a few weeks now in the Judiciary Committee, where, where Doug Collins from Gainesville is the top Republican. But this is going to be, there, there's going to be kind of a shift in venue now. The Democrats want to keep this tightly focused on the Ukraine incident, not as much the Mueller report. And so it's going to shift over to the Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff from California the chairman. And the goal, it seems, is to keep this moving as quickly as possible. They want it. They want this to be over with by the end of
1: the year. There's been some question uh, and Republicans have already been on the attack over this, that uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi did not take a vote uh, in the full House to launch this impeachment inquiry and um, And so Republicans, some in our own delegation, have been calling it an illegitimate investigation. But in fact, uh, there's really very few rules governing how the process moves forward, aren't there?
0: I mean, this is something that's only really been done two other times before. Yeah. Um, and so and, and obviously in a much different time, way before the era of Donald Trump and our, our really intense political polarization. So it does feel like we're trying out a lot of these things for the first time. But yeah, that's something you see Doug Collins talking a lot about. Why haven't we had a vote to open this on the House floor? Why isn't there more bipartisan support? To him, that's a sign that that this is a partisan exercise.
1: Right. Um, all right. So let's uh, catch people up on a couple of stories that have been, uh, things that have broken uh, today. Number one, we have learned today that Vice President Pence had advised the president not to release the summary, not a transcript to be clear, the summary of the phone call that he had with President Zelensky, uh, and also thought that it was a mistake to release the, uh, uh, to, to declassify and release the whistleblower report, but eventually Uh, The vice president. Trump said, I'm doing it. And the vice president fell in line behind him. Also this morning, Nancy Pelosi has been making the rounds, uh, talking about it, getting her messaging down. Here's just one of the things she's been saying to reporters today.
2: I do think the attorney general has gone rogue. He has for a long time now. And since he was mentioned in all of this, it's curious that he would be making decisions about how the complaint would be handled.
1: Uh, Tamara the other thing that uh, she's been answering today is why now why did you finally decide that to change your mind and she says I didn't change my mind. I just saw that there was more and more evidence. We had to move forward
0: Exactly. And it's kind of amazing how quickly all of this has occurred. And a lot of the reporting you're seeing today is that the White House knew pretty soon after or reportedly knew pretty soon after this whistleblower complaint was filed that it existed, that it was kind of going through the process. And I think that was the focus of a lot of the questions you saw today of Trump's new acting uh, uh, director of intelligence.
1: Yeah. um So the other thing that I thought was interesting uh, uh, today is that President Trump is calling for the resignation of Chairman Schiff of the Intelligence Committee. And, you know, I wonder, I mean, calling for his resignation is an exaggeration of what ought to happen there. But Schiff, it does seem to me, took a risk yesterday when he sort of parodied, he mocked. The uh, uh, way in which the President Trump talked to Zelensky, he put it in the context of a Chicago gangster. And it strikes me that he did give Republicans some ammunition to fire back at him over that.
0: Exactly. And you saw that from a lot of the opening statements from Republicans who who kind of accuse Schiff of lying. And, you know, if you're going to start on that off on that foot, this shows that this isn't a very serious effort, you know, on Schiff's, Schiff's end, you know, talking about mafia stuff, that that's kind of a, been a sore point for Trump, given all his business yeah. in Atlantic City and working with uh, his longtime lawyer and, and mentor Roy Cohn. So, um, you know, clearly trying to go for the jugular, I think, with that reference.
1: So you have uh, you have had an up close look at uh, both Adam Schiff uh, and Gerald Nadler, of course, the Democratic chair of the Judiciary Committee. It, it, and tell me if I'm wrong. This is pure optics. This is superficial at best. Uh, it does feel as if Schiff is a better choice in terms of how he presents himself Uh, He's very camera ready. He's very sharp as a questioner. Is there a calculation going on here that it should be Schiff and the Intelligence Committee that should at least initially be the the face of this? Whereas Nadler uh, may be smart. He may do a lot of things quite, quite well, but he just doesn't have that same optic that Schiff does. Am I making sense at all?
0: I don't know about that, but I mean Schiff is, has been a longtime colleague of Pelosi's from the California delegation, very much like a trusted deputy. Uh, and yeah. with Nadler and with Nadler you saw as we were going, you know, as this impeachment probe was was beginning or, or they were tr- Thinking about beginning it, in the Judiciary Committee, you saw Nadler almost trying to get in front of Pelosi sometimes. He was a big advocate for impeachment at a time when Pelosi was saying, no, we are not ready for that. And all these reports were kind of getting out into the press of Nadler really being pugnacious about wanting to get in front of it. I, I don't know if that was a part of Pelosi's calculation. Perhaps there are also more rules allowing the Intelligence Committee to do more things behind closed okay, doors. Thank I, I you.
1: suspect that'll be more. Yeah, I think those are, I think that's really much smarter than what I'm suggesting, that Schiff and Pelosi are California colleagues. So that makes a uh, Sense to me. All right, let's do this uh, tomorrow. Let's get another pledge break out of the way. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you particularly about Doug Collins, who has now filled out his application uh, to fill the empty seat uh, that Johnny Isaacson will leave behind uh, at the end of the year in the U.S. Senate. And I want to talk a little bit about Johnny Isaacson, who wants to get some kind of work done on guns. Who knows if that's going to be possible in the environment we're living in right now. We'll do that after we go back to Pat Marcus and Bert Wesley Huffman. You're, this is it, folks. This is the last chance in this pledge drive. It's going to be six months before you get to do it again. If you haven't helped us, please think about doing it right now.
2: You heard it from the man himself. It's the last day of our fall fun drive. Welcome to Political Rewind. We are in the final hours of this campaign. And have we heard from you yet? I'm Pat Marcus, along with Bert Wesley-Huffman, here with Bill nugget Looking for your support right now at gpb.org or 800-222-4788. Political Rewind and everything you hear on GPB is funded in large part by listeners like you. You really do power everything you hear. And political rewind is especially important right now, given everything that's going on in D.C., in our country, and right here in Georgia. So because you're listening and you value the coverage, we're asking you to stand behind it with a financial gift of support at gpb.org or 800-222-4788 and do it right now.
3: Yeah. And when you do that right now, we do have a speed match in effect. If you're one of the next twenty. six listeners that we hear from during Political Rewind your contribution to GPB will be matched dollar for dollar now here's how that works a $75 contribution becomes a $150 investment in the news on GPB 150 turns into 300 300 is 600 500 is 1000 If you can make a $1,500 leadership gift right now, that's worth $3,000 for all the news and information and Political Rewind right here on Georgia Public Broadcasting Radio. Make sure we hear from you right now before time runs out on the speed match, before time runs out on this, the last episode edition of uh, uh, Political Rewind during this, the last day of our uh, fall fund drive. So call 800-222-4788 or go to gpb.org right now.
2: You are hearing a lot of urgency, lasts and finals, because we are in the final hours of the fund drive, about 30 minutes left in this final political rewind of the campaign. And we're looking for your support right now. There is something about drives. It happens every single year. It happens drive after drive. So many of you like to come in just under the wire uh, during the last hour or two of all things considered. Maybe it's the adrenaline rush of Mm -hmm. coming in just Mm -hmm. under the wire. Well, it will take the kind of momentum we normally see in the final couple of hours of the drive right now right now while you're listening in order to get us to the finish line by 7 o'clock tonight. So we're looking for your support at whatever level is right for you. Maybe that's $20 a month and you'd like to select one of our most popular thank you gifts, which is the GPB emergency radio. It's an Eton emergency radio that powers its internal battery with a hand crank. It's AM, FM. It's NOAA weather. It gives you weather alerts. It's got a built-in flashlight. It'll even charge your cell phone if the power is out. It's great for outdoor listening, not just for emergencies. And it can be yours as our thanks to you when you give a $20 monthly donation as a GPP sustainer. Easy to do online at gpp.org org. So important to do, 800-222-4788. That donation goes right into the programming that you hear on GBB.
3: Indeed, it does. And with this speed match that's in effect right now, that's a $480 investment in Georgia Public Broadcasting. This is such a great time to make your gift of support. If you listen to Political Rewind every day, if you've been thinking, you know, someone else can uh, can make the gift instead of me, I I ask you to think again, because we do need participation. That's what's so important about a fun drive. We're not asking for every donor to give thousands and thousands of dollars. What we're asking for is for every donor to participate at a level that works for them. And during times like this, when we have a speed match on the table, it makes it that much more exciting because your gift is literally worth double the amount of dollars that you're able to contribute. So your $10 a month or your $20 a month right now is more like $20 or $40 a month thanks to the generous donors who gave before the drive with the intention of just this kind of thing. They want you to uh, join them in supporting Georgia Public Broadcasting and all of the great news and information that you get day after day. So this is it, the last day of the fun drive, the last Political Rewind. This is your chance to get in. Make your gift of support at 800-222-4788 or at gpb.org.
2: And this speed match is only available for the next 21 listeners we hear from, so it's going fast. It is. Call now if you'd like your gift doubled. Call now to support Political Rewind and GPB or gpb.org our goal for this campaign is to ensure that that GPB has the critical funds on hand to cover the cost of the programs that matter to you and even bring you special coverage and expanded coverage when news is breaking, as we have done during this fund drive. As a matter of fact, yesterday we brought you a special edition of Political Rewind, which you know, with so much going on in the news. Bill and his team quickly put together an additional show. So even as we're taking care of the important and critical business of fundraising. We're making sure you're getting the coverage you need and additional coverage on top of that. We're asking you to support that, support the fact that you rely on GPB right now at gpb.org or 800-222-4788, 21 more opportunities to get in on the speed match.
3: It's an incredible opportunity to make your gift uh, double, actually, double the impact of your gift to GPB and for Political Rewind. I want to say thank you to Michael Hillman from Rome and Bill and L. Cook in Sea Island, John Davis in Buford and Emily Schufstall in Athens. Calls and clicks coming in from all over Georgia on this, the last day of our fall fun drive. Join with them. Join your friends and neighbors at 800-222-4788 or find us online at gpb.org.
1: Tamar Hellerman, uh, Doug Collins has now uh, submitted his application. As we all know, Governor Kemp has uh, invited people who want to fill the Johnny Isaacson seat and then presumably run for that seat uh, in uh, 2020 uh, to apply. Doug Collins has now submitted his name. Uh, is he has he become is he becoming too important on the Judiciary Committee in terms of defending President Trump? As impeachment may move forward, uh, for yeah. the president to want him to take that Senate job.
0: Yeah, that was so. That was kind of an idea we floated in one of uh, one of our editions of the Morning Jolt this week. Maybe he's done too of a too good of a job being a vicious <laughs> defender of, of Trump. And I mean, that's a, a real question for uh, for Kemp as he decides who he wants to appoint. You know, on the one hand, he has he has mentioned he wants somebody who's kind of fully in line with with Trump and and kind of the approach that you know, Purdue and Kemp have taken, um, not as much kind of the arm's length approach that Johnny Isaacson has taken over the last couple of years. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we know that, that Trump could have a say in, in who Kemp ultimately imp- appoints. Cause they're going to be sharing the ballot together in 2020, presumably. Um, so it, it certainly is something to think about, you know, on the one hand, I think from Trump's perspective, you see, he's happy with Doug Collins. You see him retweeting him all the time, including last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but on the other hand, uh, this inquiry, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be shifting more toward the Intelligence Committee. So Doug Collins will still be a central player, but he won't be the only one.
1: Well, the other thing that's interesting about this is that whoever Kemp appoints to fill Johnny Isaacson's seat is going to be a member of the jury if, in fact, the House impeaches Trump and it goes to a trial in the Senate.
0: Exactly. So it'll be really important to have somebody who's a strong supporter of President Trump. And and one thing to keep in mind also is that if Doug Collins ultimately gets this empo- appointment and leaves the House and the Judiciary Committee, it's not like there isn't a long line of, of people who are willing to get out there and defend the president.
1: Of course. Hey, let me ask you about another name while I've got you uh, in terms of just talking about the Senate seat. Tom Price has thrown his hat in the ring. Uh, He obviously he won, I think, eight terms in the House uh, before he became uh, Trump's uh, HHS secretary. But he left under a cloud because of his expenditures flying on uh, chartered jets, that sort of thing. I I wonder if having, I think it's fair to say, embarrassed the president through that scandal, whether Tom Price has much expectation that the president would support him. I know you don't know for a fact, but what's your guess on that?
0: Yeah, we're assuming he's not likely to be appointed, um, just because, for that that exact reason, there is bad blood between him and the president. Not only was there the scandal over the chartered flights and and spending more than a million dollars on those, but also, you know, Price was considered a central figure as Trump was trying to dismantle Obamacare, and he couldn't get it done. And and Trump seems to really kind of blame Price for quite a bit of that, or at least kind of contribute, having contributed to that. And by the end of the A. CA repeal debate you know Trump had had moved it to Mick Mulvaney the the, the then budget chief as kind of his main portfolio uh,
1: yeah. um,
0: Oops, sorry. There's a siren going. That's fine. We can take it. We can take it. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, uh, Tom Price has been a very helpful to Brian Kemp behind the scenes over the last couple of months as he prioritized, uh, you know, getting a waiver to at help. Medicaid, expand. Yeah, oh. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe he ends up on a short list or maybe he is, you know, considered, but we don't consider him likely to be.
1: Picked. Hey, hey Tamar, uh, Ricky Bevington, who is, uh, our senior anchor and correspondent here at Georgia public broadcasting radio, uh, all, you hear her uh, on All Things Considered, uh, starting at four o'clock in the afternoon. And we, uh, Ricky, one of the reasons, or the main reason, we asked you to come in here uh, is you actually covered—you were in the Ukraine for the last presidential election, right?
4: I was in Ukraine, yes. And we don't say we don't use the "the" anymore, Bill. Oh, it's we just to
1: Ukraine. Oh, I'm sorry. See, <laughs> this is this is why I have smart people surrounding me on on this show. Um, you got to you you got to Take the measure of President Zelensky to some extent. Yes?
4: If by that you mean I can tell you how short he is, yes. (laughs) I was just going through my photos and videos. So Zelensky, I was in Ukraine for a week at the end of August, uh, rather March. Uh, The first round of presidential elections was... On April 1st, there were three top front runners, and I went to all three election night watch parties. I'm sure, Bill, you have spent many <laughs> half your life at election night watch parties. Yeah, right? but
1: they were mostly in English. <laughs> mostly in English, right? These
4: were all in Ukrainian and yeah. some Russian. I will tell you, the two, the first two front were pretty standard fare, and then you walk into Volodymyr Zelensky's election night watch party. It's in the hottest club in Ukraine in in Kiev. The lights are low. The house music is pumping. Everybody's in like uh, sneakers and sweatpants. There's an open bar, and you truly feel like you're in a nightclub. That's the type of candidate this is.
1: He, uh, well, I mean, look, he was a television star. He and Trump have so much in common, Tamar. How fascinating to have watched the two of them at the UN the other day. The, the TV star, meaning first, uh uh the president of ukraine uh and then the T V star meaning Trump uh sitting down together. Uh I just thought the optics of that were fascinating tomorrow.
0: Exactly. And reading a little bit on Twitter from the reporters who were there because you know releasing the not the transcript, but the summary of the of the conversation. You could see the new Ukrainian president. He kind of made little jabs at Angela Merkel and some of the other European leaders. And and you know the, this transcript comes out while he's at the UN General Assembly and has to face all those same people. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but he's facing people at home who said, "Oh, you look like a lapdog of, of Donald Trump." I've I've read, and and so that's caused some headaches for him as well.
1: Um, and, and we're. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Ricky, um, I'm interested in, uh, we we have a soundbite that we're going to play. We're going to take a pledge break first. But when we come back, um, the former foreign minister of Ukraine made some comments about this alleged scandal involving Joe and Hunter Biden. And we ought to talk a bit about that because President Trump is pushing that very hard as uh, he fights off his own impeachment. So Tamar Hallerman, Ricky Bevington, stay with me. We're going to go back over to uh, uh, Pat and to Bert. As we do that, I want to say one quick thing. My wife has a uses a phrase, it's not hers, uh, I'm not quite sure who said it. Um, your, your enemy is only the person whose story you don't know yet. An enemy is the person whose story you don't know it yet. Political Rewind. We have people of divergent political views. I agree with some of them. I disagree with others. And yet this group of panelists who have come together, Republicans, Democrats, political scientists, um, so many different kinds of people, and they talk to each other no longer as enemies because they've gotten to know one another in the course of this show. And one of the reasons we've been able to do that is that you support us. And I would ask that you continue to do that as we go to what is my final pledge break of this particular radio pledge drive.
2: And you're listening to Political Rewind here on listener-supported GPB. I'm Pat Marcus, along with Burt Wesley-Huffman, here with Bill Nygut and the team from Political Rewind, looking for your, your, your respect. I was We we are looking for your respect and your support right now at gpb.org or 800-222-4788. I love what Bill Nygut just said about bringing together people with divergent viewpoints. And that is one of the missions here at GPB. We don't tell you what to think. We simply provide you with a variety of perspectives so that you can make up your own mind about the issues of the day. What's going on here in Georgia? What's going on in the country? What's going on in D.C.? We respect your intelligence. And that is why we give you that space, that trusted space, and a program like Political Rewind that makes you think, that may challenge you, that certainly lets you hear viewpoints you may not necessarily agree with. We do that thanks to your financial support. So many of you during the fund drive have been letting us know how much you appreciate Political Rewind and the fact that we're able to do this here at GPB. Right now, if we have not heard from you during the drive, we're in the final hours. Please call now 800-222-4788. That's 800 800- 2224788 or donate online at gpb.org
3: We have a lot of ground to cover in the final hours of this fund drive, so take advantage of the opportunity right now in front of you to uh, have your investment go twice as far with this speed match during Political Rewind only today. Your contribution is going to be matched dollar for dollar, and our thanks to our generous GPB donors who gave before the fund drive started with the specific reason of encouraging you to support GPB right now. So just be one of the next 18 callers or clickers at 800-222-4788 or online at gpb.org org, and you will get in on this speed match. That means every dollar you give, your $10 donation a month is a $20 donation a month. That $1,500 leadership gift that you've been thinking about making is a $3,000 investment in the news and information and great programming that you love about GPB. Political Rewind and On Second Thought both produced right here at Georgia Public Broadcasting and then all the great NPR shows from Morning Edition all the way through to All Things Considered and your favorite shows on the weekend. All of that is paid for because of your support, because of some just like you, in a moment like this, who decided to call 800-222-4788 or go to gpb.org.
2: And if you're thinking about uh, how much is Political Rewind and GPB worth to me, think about $10 a month. I can't even buy a movie ticket at my local theater for $10 anymore. Nope. Certainly go to the movies about once a month. In a couple of hours, the movie's over. When you think about $10 a month and all of the hours of listening that you do over the course of a week or a month, GPB is a really great deal. And when you make that $10 monthly contribution as a GPB sustainer, we'd love to thank you with the new travel tumbler. It's a stainless steel travel tumbler. It's really great, especially if you enjoy a beverage while you're working or you commute in your car with GPB because it's got a spill proof lid. It says Everyday Hero, which is the theme of this fun drive on one side. It's got the GPB logo on the other side, and it's a great tangible reminder of your support of GPB and that you truly are an Everyday Hero because you've done something great for yourself with your support, but you've also supported the listening of people who can't give right now. So please be an Everyday Hero. Select that travel Tumblr if you'd like with a $10 monthly donation, you can see it along with all of our thank you gifts at gpb.org or call 800-222-4788 and ask about the travel tumbler.
3: Now, here's the thing about fun drives like this one. Typically, we actually see the greatest momentum during the final few hours of the campaign. And that could be because uh, of the thrill of getting in your contribution just under the wire. Or maybe you just like to put things off. A lot of people do that. Procrastination is a real thing. You know, I'm a progressive procrastinator. myself. (laughs) However, in order to wrap up the campaign successfully today at 7 o'clock, it will take the momentum we usually see in the last few hours right now. So as we race to the finish line of this campaign, we're looking to you to come in with your support right now. Our goal is to ensure that GPB has all of those critical funds on hand to cover the cost of the programs that matter to you, including this one, and bring you special expanded coverage from NPR when news is breaking, as we've done actually during this fund drive and during recent fund drives, it seems to always ha- uh, happen during a fun drive. So right now we're counting on a strong showing of support from our entire community of listeners. That includes you. So don't put off being a part of GPB any longer. You're going to really feel good when you do it. Go to gpb.org and click donate or call 800-222-4788.
2: We are racing toward the finish line of this fun drive. We are racing through the speed match. Now just 15 more opportunities. The next 15 listeners we hear from at gpb.org or 800- 222 4788. will have their contributions matched dollar for dollar. Won't you be one of them? Help us reach our goal for political rewind. Help us get a, uh, that much closer to the successful end of this fall fund drive. It ends in a little more than four hours. Wow. You may be busy later. You may be stuck in rush hour traffic. Do your part now. GPB.org or 800 222 4788.
1: Tamar Hellerman is with us from uh, Washington, and Ricky Bevington, uh, host of All Things Considered, is in the studio with me. Uh, Ricky, uh, we talked about your uh, going to Ukraine to, uh, uh, you know, get a feel for the country. Um, And one of the things that's fascinating, I want to get your take on this and then uh, yours as well, Tamar. Um, Here's a soundbite from President Trump talking about... Uh, One of the things that he said to President Zelensky when they were at the U.N. together. Let's listen. And I really hope that Russia, because I really believe that President Putin would like to do something. I really hope that you and President Putin get together and can solve your problem. That would be a tremendous achievement. And I know you're trying to do that. So, Ricky, you were there. I mean, this is a, you know, it's typical Trump. You know, we can make a deal if we go face to face. But what is the reality of that sort of thing ever happening.
4: (laughs) The reality is that President Zelensky is running a country that, depending on the terminology you want to use, was either invaded by Russia in 2014, or at least uh, 7% of Ukraine is currently occupied by Russia. And again, the, the language is important, including Crimea. So, this is a president that's at war. 13,000 Ukrainians have died as a result of this conflict. The, the Defense Department has allocated $1.5 billion in defense aid for Ukraine to defend itself against Russian aggression. So, the idea that Zelensky's going to call up Putin and say, <laughs> let's just solve this yep. war in which my people are dying is a little bit simplistic.
1: So, tomorrow, and of course, all of that is crucial. Uh, to the investigation that is underway right now. Um, this accusation, which we're gonna see play out in, in the Intelligence Committee uh, over the next weeks, that President Trump withheld some of that aid, because there is a hot war in Ukraine right now, and uh, we're gonna, uh, we hope, get to the bottom of uh, the accusation that the President was using that as leverage to get dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we will see in the, in the coming weeks.
1: Um, Ricky, uh, what else? Give us another sense, uh, uh, some more sense of what you, you know, what, what struck you when you visited Ukraine in terms of all this?
4: You know, Ukraine, we were, I was traveling with German Georgian from the nation of Georgia, not the state of Georgia, uh, American and Ukrainian journalists. We were traveling all over the country, examining the media environment, and also voter sentiment, and also voter education. Ukraine is a very poor country. It's a country that speaks Russian and Ukrainian, okay? So so identity isn't tied up in religion or language, the way that I think Americans like to boil identity down to. Many people in the East feel an affinity to Russia, and many people in the West of the country feel a little bit more of an affinity to Europe. However, when... The invasion, or I should say simply the when Russian troops occupied Donetsk and Crimea in 2014, people in Ukraine decided they do not want to be part of Russia. Yeah, right. And that's very important because I think that there's this tension between will Ukraine westernize or will Ukraine go back into the fold into to, into to Russian influence?
1: Okay. Um- Tamar, uh, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Ukraine, I think, in the weeks ahead. Can you give us a sense? Adam Schiff, as we talked about earlier, has said they will stay in session while the recess is going on for the next two weeks. But we do, do we have any idea about the next witnesses that will be called? We don't really, I don't think. Do we?
0: Not at this point, or, or not that I'm aware of.
1: Um, one of the things that's interesting about that, and Ricky, you can weigh in on this too, is there are people who believe that the whistleblower report we, we we said on the show several times, this, the whistleblower says it right at the top. This is all based on secondhand information, not direct knowledge of the phone call or whatever, but for people out there tomorrow who believe that the impeachment would be based on the whistleblower report, they're kind of missing the point, aren't they? This is really a roadmap to give uh, the Congress a, 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 an opportunity to call some of the people who have been mentioned in the report, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see if if they bring Giuliani in and and whether he'll, because he's been talking to the press over the last couple um, of days. But you know, and and one thing to keep in mind though is, you know, the the whistleblower who who does indeed say, you know, this is secondhand information, they did not have access to this transcript of the call between Zelensky and Trump. It turns out that a lot of the things this whistleblower has heard eerily similar to what ended up being in this transcript that yeah, the White House has exactly,
1: exactly. Ricky Bevington, you've been busy this week, and one of the things I know, because we're about to throw it uh, 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 back to uh, the folks over there who are pitching, uh, I'm really proud of the fact we've been on top of this for uh, this week here. You've done a great uh, job. No, no, I'm talking about all of us, Ricky. I'm talking about you and all things considered and our reporting team. It's been really a strange, um, consequential, kind of a sad week in some ways. Um, The impeachment of a president is uh, not something— to uh, uh, be cheery about, I think.
4: I just got chills, Bill, when you said that. And I think that uh, on this topic, this is why our listeners tune to us.
1: Tamar Hallerman, thank you so much for spending some time. I know it's been a busy week and I appreciate your taking the time. But I must say, I'm hopeful that you'll allow us to call on you as all of this proceeds in the weeks and perhaps months ahead. Thank you, Tamar. Anytime. And uh, Ricky, thank you. We'll look forward to hearing you on uh, All Things Considered at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, That's it for another week of Political Rewind. We're back again. Oh, we got a special show on Sunday, an all-new TV show at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. And I hope you'll tune in for that. Uh, And we're looking forward to being able to bring that to you again because we're looking at this impeachment and how it's going to move forward. I'm Bill Nygut. Have a great weekend.